0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Unapologetic Idiocy here on Southern Scrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas, and I am back here March 31st, 2020, on a Tuesday in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, weather is, as always, cloudy and springtime. Um, so today we're gonna go over the news. There's some stuff in MMA that I didn't touch on yesterday that I think I'm gonna go back over, like the Khabib situation and Tony situation, um, just because I want to talk a little bit more about that. As far as uh, one of the most hype fights of all time that has been, it's a difference between like a John Jones Anderson Silva fight or a Anderson versus GSP fight. It's a fight that has been scheduled multiple times, five times, and each time it's something. Something comes up, something doesn't let it happen, so we'll, we'll get into that. Before we do, make sure to go to the website, sunscrapnation.com check out all the past episodes, future episodes there. You can also get some videos, um, and then on top of that, you can go to iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and find all the podcasts there as well as Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So remember SunscrapNation.com. Uh, all right, so let's get more into this. As far oh well first, I hope everyone's doing well. I hope everyone is keeping it together. Because I'm doing my best. I'm doing good though. Got not out of the house to do anything crazy yesterday, but I at least got to go see my girlfriend and her parents have a little dinner over there and, you know, just interact with somebody. Um, Other than that, it's been apartment sitting all day. I made myself a little campfire area that I talked about on that modern campfire episode. It's a little area in my living room where I set it up kind of like a ring, so that way I can shadow box anytime I'm chilling. Uh, It's set up so I can't just like back up I've got objects in my way so it keeps me it uh, keeps me honest with my footwork if you guys can do something like that make yourself like a little ring so that way you can designate a spot for shadow boxing if you're into shadow boxing um, and that way you don't just get crazy that being said make sure to move some stuff away just in case you th- start throwing kicks and you kick your nice laptop off the off the table not saying I did that just for those at home that are, you know, bored and going crazy. I'm so bored. I straighten my hair. I look like Prince, But I look good. Um, I might just I was joking with my friends online about this, but I might turn into an OnlyFans model because of the way I look and the sexiness that is exuding. Uh let's see. Okay, so Flip the coin. Uh, we'll talk about MMA first. Since we've been talking about everything else for prior days, let's bring in some MMA, MMA news, keep it keep it away from the regular news as far as MMA news is concerned. All right. So let's talk about this Tony Khabib situation. Um, the Tony Khabib situation is crazy. It's been scheduled five times, hasn't been able to be made five those times. Everything happens to be either uh, on either side of those guys that that something happened, like Tony with tripping over the cable, Khabib not making weight, uh, Khabib having to pull out because of weight, um, and then Tony's other issues, whatever that may be, or just issues. This is the first time that one fight and the UFC 249 is still going to happen. Um, the problem is, Khabib went to Russia. Why he went to Russia, I have no idea. I have no idea. 249 is April 18th, right? Yeah, it's April 18th. We have a total of almost 18 days. That's not even, that's two and a half weeks, Right? In those two and a half weeks, let's say three weeks, he's doing—he's finishing out his camp in Russia. Why would you do that, especially during travel bans? Why? Why would you do that? That makes no sense. Stay where you're at. I know you want to go home, but after—not uh, when all this is happening. This is wild. The fact that um this this the Khabib stranded in Russia. He's saying, "Okay, let's see what his reason is." Currently, I'm in Dagestan and I'm training every day, preparing. Why you weren't you were in AKA? Hmm. Especially like a month out, why would you do that? We were training in AKA without any information regarding the fight where and how it was going to happen. Then the UFC told us that the fight 100% isn't going to happen in the States. Oh, it was going to happen in Abu Dhabi. Oh. And I'm assuming a flight from Russia to Abu Dhabi is pretty short. And that way they can acclimate to the, they can get over there and they don't have to deal with the struggle of cutting weight and everything like that. Or not cutting weight, but getting acclimated to the time difference and all that. But now they're over there. So it's not happening in the United States. It's going to happen in Abu Dhabi. Oh, this is crazy. It, Dana White's trying to keep... I mean, fair to Dana White. He's keeping the fight as, or the the card going which Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley offer to save UFC 249 on that day. I think Ngannou wants to fight on that card with Rosenstruck. Um, This card is going to be out of nowhere. And everyone, if they can do it, it's going to be out of fucking nowhere. And people aren't going to know the card until like a week before. Um, People aren't going to know where it is until like a week before. And... The possibility of Justin Gaethje fighting Tony Ferguson, or maybe even Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier doesn't seem too stoked on the idea. He's like, it seems a little short, but I'll do it. And then, um, and then Jorge Masvidal said he's free. Gilbert Burns, but welterweight. Someone was calling him up and saying, like, oh, I think Tyron Woodley's like, you can fight me at welterweight if you feel like it. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, wait, was I just on this one? Um, Okay, so anyway. I think the fight between Justin Gaethje is perfect for Tony. I think that'll really... Not perfect for him, in a, in a, oh, and Jessica Andrade is set to travel to Las Vegas and get everything all set up for 249, so hopefully that Rose fight hel- uh, happens. That being said, um, Tony Ferguson versus Gaethje is definitely a tougher fight than Dustin, or Tony Ferguson versus Dustin Poirier, just in the sense that Dustin Poirier, as much as he's a legitimate lightweight now, Tony Ferguson is a legitimate welterweight. And you're starting to see, I mean you don't start to see, but you see that you see these guys that uh at lightweight, for example, Dan Hooker, he did well against Paul Felder, but Paul Felder's shots definitely did more damage. And I feel like that's more of the the what you would get in a Dustin Poirier fight. The way that Dustin hit Holloway and you could see the effect, that's Tony Ferguson versus Dustin Poirier. And I think Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje, Justin Gaethje's just more willing to not um, back down. He's willing to take the damage, to give the damage. And so is Tony. But Justin's wrestling will negate Tony from just being able to change levels on him or whatever. And Tony hasn't really fought. I mean, he's fought some high-level wrestlers, Justin Thompson. um, Hold on. I mean, even... uh, Donald Cerrone's high level as far as being in the sport and being able to time the shots correctly and being able to wrestle for, um, what's the word? Wrestle for MMA. However, just in case he doesn't wrestle, he's got a very good r- defensive wrestling. So that's why the Tony Khabib fight is so interesting. There's not really anyone else in the lightweight division that is as aggressive with their takedown at the top level besides Kevin Lee, and we saw what Tony Ferguson did to Kevin Lee, but Kevin Lee in that time had his own issues, and he's continuing to have his own issues, so I don't... Mentally, I don't count that Kevin Lee. Um, But as far as Tony versus any other person in the lightweight division, there hasn't really been anyone as dynamic in wrestling as a a Khabib, or that he's fought that's like a Khabib. As far as wrestling goes in lightweight, um, I mean, there's some there are some, it's like a very big, the, yeah, okay, so the, the this disparity in skill level as far as wrestling goes, the top 10, Kevin Lee, phenomenal wrestling, does, or Tony Ferguson dealt with it by submitting him because very pressure forward wrestling. However, Kevin Lee's wrestling has the, is a double-sided sword of it also exhausts him. So it's kind of a weird... You ever play Pokemon and use that move takedown, and you're like, oh, that's a really strong move, and then like 30% of your health goes away? That's like Kevin Lee's takedowns. Uh, literally that move. Like, he goes for countless ones, but in turn, it zaps his gas tank so hard, and that's why like, the second round, he just got submitted. Ally Quinta, very, very good wrestling, um, good chain wrestling. I mean, he showed... Good defense against Khabib, more defense against Khabib than a Dustin Poirier or a Conor McGregor with wrestling. However, once again, the level of wrestling very drastic. Justin Gaethje, out of everybody else on this list, beside uh, I mean, against Tony, um, is the only one with like high-credentialed wrestling. And so, I think as far as Tony, if you were to take another fight. Then he's a good he's a good, but it's weird because he's not going to use his wrestling. But you can also say that you beat a high level wrestler when you beat him. So unless Dustin, I mean, and Justin Gaethje, now's the time to beat him if you're going to beat him at all, right? Because if you beat Justin Gaethje the way when Dustin Poirier beat him, when Eddie Alvarez beat him. He was still trying to find himself as a fighter, but then now you look at Justin Gaethje's record and the people that he's beaten and the way he's been doing it. When he beat Donald, when he beat um, Barboza, when he beat Vic, these were all, like, after the Dustin Poirier fight, he was like, I need to change my winning, I need to change my ways, because he was coming off two losses. He goes and fights Vic, minute, or a uh, first round, first round, first round. All first round finishes and they weren't just the wild gaechi head tucked shelled up, leg kicks, overhand rights and overhand lefts. It was calculated striking, actually beating these guys where they're he's got an amazing striking coach. But the way that Trevor Whitman took him as a Tasmanian devil as he is and then changed him into a tactical trans uh, tactical Tasmanian devil. Um I mean it shows fuck, man, you're a wrestler and you're knocking people out in the first round. Especially, you're talking about James Vick, tall, lanky striker. Barbosa, one of the best strikers in the world. And then Donald Cerrone, striker. Like, you're knocking strikers out in the first round. People that he did str- struggle with. I think it's a I think it's a round thing, too. When you look at it, he lost to Alvarez and he lost to Gaethje in the third and fourth round. I just don't think that style can 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 uh, can last for five rounds in the UFC. He can probably use that style against lower-level competition when he's dealing more damage and the other person's firing back, but he's the one putting on the damage. When you get a guy like Tony Ferguson who's going to stand right in front of you and switch stances and hit you with elbows, knees, and that's the difference between Tony is – Dustin's style is gonna be a shell running into a buzzsaw. You might land, but you're gonna get fucked up. Especially the leg kicks, especially the body kicks, the elbows. I think those are what do the most damage. Those are gonna do what are gonna do the most damage are gonna be the leg kicks since um and that's the difference between Tony. Tony's got good footwork and is able to pressure you, but have good footwork. His head movement's one to... He's really good at rolling. People don't see that. He's very good at rolling, but yes, it comes with the cost of getting clipped multiple times. Uh, However, I think if he drags it into the fourth round, third round, you see the Dustin Poirier kind of style of either the doctor stops it or he stops him with uh, strikes. Tony's a welterweight. Tony's a welterweight at lightweight. His hands are huge. He's got legitimate knockout power. If Dustin Poirier can knock you out, um, Tony Ferguson for sure can knock you out. And Tony might even submit him. You're talking about a guy that, you know, he can just dive on a lake if he wants to. And I think that in itself is... Is an ace up Tony's sleeve that no one else in that division has. His ability to just imminari roll on somebody and do pretty well, and that just be a tool like you. Tony Ferguson, in a way, is as creative, if not more creative, than John Jones because his diversity of attack, as much as it does leave him open, like he'll throw three spinning back elbows in a row. But the problem with with the with it being a Oh, but he's throwing the same technique three times in a row. Yeah, but if you slip one time and he catches you, you're fucked. So he can throw those three times in a row, or he can fake throw one, go for a leg, ankle pick, whatever the case may be, whatever he decides to throw at you, the versatility is um, way crazier. Okay. Uh, other than that, um, let's see. Uh, Tony Ferguson, Tyron Woodley versus Colby Covington. I think is a great fight. uh, As far as if they want to meet and save this two forty nine, but I think for Khabib, it's his in his best. It's in his best interest to try to find a way to get the fuck to 249 it's a potential cancellation i do enjoy the fact that i think they have dustin or they have justin gaethje on the line which rightful rightful person to come in because he's on a three fight win streak like i said three fight three knockout wins no one else in division is doing stuff like that Dustin Poirier's coming off a loss. Conor McGregor's coming off of a one win. Dan Hooker is coming off of a close win. So, Justin Gage is your guy. You set that just in case, but I don't think you cancel it just yet. I think there's a good chance we can wait. And if not, whatever, Colby Covington, Tyron Woodley. It's got some bad blood in it. That's worth something. Uh, shout out to Manel Cape. Manel Cape Cop am uh, not 100% sure how to pronounce it, but he's an AKA Thailand fighter. Um, he's just signed a multi-deal with the UFC. He's a Ryzen champion. If you guys don't know what Ryzen is, it's Japan. Yeah, I guess it's Japan. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if it's, stri- yeah, I guess it is strictly Japan. It's Japan's answer to pride modern version. I fucking love it. They put on freak shows, but also they've got some great guys over there. Um, Horiguchi, if you guys don't remember, he's the guy that Demetrius Johnson beat with like a second left with an armbar. But now he's become like one of the most dominant 135ers in the world. Uh, I would love to see a rematch actually between the both of them. I think Horiguchi's really proven himself. He's beaten the likes of Darren Caldwell twice, Um, And then multiple, uh, go look at Horaguchi. I don't know how to spell his name. Okay, so you're talking about a guy. Oh, he just lost to Asakura. Asakura. Oh, but like in August. It was a non title bout. That's odd. Okay, 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 okay. So let's go. So since I mean okay, so before he even got into the UFC, he lost one time. Okay, so when he got to the UFC, it was UFC 166. Well, very long time ago. I understand. Um He won one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Yeah, four in a row. Fought Demetrius, lost with one second to go in Montreal, Montreal to a submission. He wins three in a row, all unanimous decisions. Then I guess he gets cut, or his contract ends. Goes to Ryzen and beats one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten wins in a row. Submits Menel Cap, that guy that we were just talking about. He knocks out Ian McCall, submits Darian Caldwell. I don't know who Ben Wynn is. um, And then beats Darian Caldwell. And then he loses to Kai uh, Asakura. This guy doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. So I don't know what it's a non-titled bout. So when he lost in the first round, Um, let's look it up. Because to lose to him, I mean, to lose, I mean, to lose this guy that doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, Uh, what is 161 kilograms or not 161 kilos, 61 K2 pounds. This will probably answer my question. Nope, it does not. He's fighting at 135, and that's what Horiguchi fights at. So I guess watch out for this guy. This guy looks pretty legit. He's from Japan. So definitely hometown hero. Well, so is Horiguchi. Horiguchi looks significantly smaller. Well, I guess he did fight at 125, so... Oh, he looks significantly smaller. Also younger, probably really, really hungry. This guy looks pretty fluid. Morghuchi's a monster. Ooh. Um, I saw him train a little bit at American Top Team. He's fast. He is fast. Relentless. Like there's one thing to watch these guys speed on TV, but it's another to see another thing to see it in person. Like they're like they don't stop moving. Like I pride myself on not stopping and not being able to stop moving, but no, these guys are on like a different level. Let's see how he catches them. Um, seems pretty even. Oh, he catches them with the left or right. He's good. and then he just knees. They we both went in for one. Oh, knees up the middle. I do like this kid. He's um, oh man, uh, he's, wow, that was relentless. His finishing ability was awesome. He knew how to adjust when knees up the middle for um, for the shorter guy. Right, the shorter guy is always going to try to. Shell up, go down, um, try to go for a takedown, especially in MMA. Taller guy's best weapons against a shorter guy are knees. Especially when they're getting desperate. Yeah, Finishing ability, man. It's one of the toughest things to have in... It's one of the toughest things to have in... um, So Tenshin Nakamura fought Horiguchi in a kickboxing match. Hold on. Yep, okay. Tenshin Nakasawa. He did lose to it. Uh, I was like, I'm not going to watch the whole thing, but I was like, he had a kickboxing record or kickboxing fight. Again, this tension? This dude's fucking ridiculous. This dude's so good. So good. Um, Okay. So, now that we talked MMA, I've given you guys enough little bit of time on MMA. Let's go over some of the news that's going on in the world right now. Uh, We'll keep it light, we'll keep it fresh. We won't go into some crazy, sad stuff. I don't want to do that. Uh, We'll even bring up some Netflix's Tiger King because it looks like there's some interesting news on that. The Office's John Krasinski, talking about directors from last episode, uh, launched a YouTube channel dedicated to good news. Yo, fuck you celebrities. Bro, you're the last people that people want to hear from. Stop. Just fucking stop. Stop. I understand that's a great, nice, well-hearted thing to do, all dedicated to good news. Take your name out of it. Just launch it. Don't be the name behind it. No one wants to hear from celebrities right now. Y'all are sad because you can't work, because we're not allowed to. You don't need to. So no one needs to hear about it. Go into your modern homes, shut down the fucking, hit the purge lockdown thing, and just sit behind your blast shield doors and just chill. Just chill. Okay. Um, let's see what this is all about. Popularity of Netflix's Tiger King prompts Sheriff to ask for leads in 1997's cold case because um, allegedly Carol Baskin killed her husband. Wink, wink, for sure. Possibly. Even Kim Kardashian, who, you know, has that lawyer blood in her flowing through her. Through her. Listen, if there's anyone, if, if there's anyone that can defend or even sniff out a fucking murderer, it's a Kardashian. Since Netflix and COVID-19 court, he has made Tiger King all the rage, I figured it was a good time to ask for new leads. Sheriff Chad... Cornister, that's what's up, that's what's up, Um. okay, well, don't show me that, and then not have the follow-up, so he's asking for this, let's see, 500 people, oh. gotta log into, oh, never mind, never mind, hold on. So that would be fucking bananas if they, I mean, if people online can find a person for murdering cats, I'm sure they can find someone who used cats to murder somebody. Um, With the power of Twitter, we will be able to find the disappearance of this guy. Start here. They had an argument about a divorce. Uh. Well, also, you can't really trust Twitter all that much, but hopefully there's a lead in there somewhere. You have to go through 500 comments. So that's pretty cute. I mean, I, I'm. I'm more excited for it. Like, let's say there are some leads and it shows. I just want to know. I don't like like cold cases are cold cases are wild. You don't know, and then when they get when they get and after watching all that, it was like five years ago, and then they never did a follow up on any of these people. I listened to Theo Vaughn had Doc Antle on his on his podcast. Definitely check that out. Go to Theo Vaughn's podcast um doc antles interview awesome huge fan okay so daily news let's do local no actually we'll just keep it here can news industry survive coronavirus i don't fucking care medical news site that saw uh, no but it's new york times hmm. nothing really going on American blog no no no, no no no,. What I do kind of want to talk about, to be honest, and this is a 30 30 minute mark, so I'll you know I'm going to timestamp that. Okay, so what I do want to talk about, and it's been something that I've been seeing mostly on Facebook because Facebook ha- more has characters, and people get to write their thoughts out. And there are, there are different people of this, of this quarantine, right? There's, there's different kinds of people. There's different kinds of people that react to it, that comment about it, that post about it, that focus on it, that don't focus on it, that try to profit off of it. Um, and I mean, not that as much as people want to think that they're all special, a lot it's like multiple people in each category. Alright, I see multiple different people. Like there's no point in calling names out because more than one person is posting the same shit. Different things. See none of y'all are special. I'm not saying I am either, but just letting y'all know um I'm not calling anyone out besides groups of people because cheap. Uh all right. So, the different types of people that I've been seeing. And there's some good. There's some good. There's some bad. There's some great, right? Some of the best stuff that I see are the people that post memes. I love those guys, girls out there that are just, they're keeping, trying to keep people happy. Um, The TikTok videos are a little fucking much, especially the dance videos. It's like, hey, guys. Relax. Relax. I like the creative TikTok things that I've seen. But as far as the dance videos go, can we stop with the dancing? Can we can we stop with the dancing? Well, enough with the dancing. None of it's funny. Like dancing isn't funny. And if it is funny to you, you're goldfish. Like get a better sense of humor. Dancing? That's what gets you, that's what gets you. Fucking dancing? Um, But as far as videos go, nothing is worse than the fucking workout videos. Hey, I didn't ask for it. No one did. If you're not into fitness or if you've never been into fitness before or if you, let's say, your job is finance or marketing or... Uh, an engineer of some kind, don't put out home workout videos. Don't do it because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> and also, I don't want to see you work out. You're struggling to do push-ups. You're not even doing them right. And as far as I'm concerned, and I can beat this topic down like a dead horse because everyone feels the same way and everyone's been talking about it and most of the people around here think it that it's not applying to them. No, it's you. If you put out a workout video and your job isn't that, this is what you guys can do at home. Everyone's doing it. Everyone already. Uh, The thing about working out is it's not something that someone's going to watch you do it and go, you know what? I'm going to start doing it too. If they're already not doing it, they're not going to fucking do it. Working out is something that, it's a habit that you develop early on. It's something that For example, ever since in middle school, high school, I had a designated time every day, 3.30, 5.30, you're doing a sport or something. It was ingrained in my head, that is all I will be doing at that time. So then when I got out of school, I always designated a time for myself to work out for two hours. Luckily for me, I got into a sport, so that way they had specific days, but if there were days where I couldn't, do it, um, 3.30 to 5.30 I typically work out around that time. And I have a whole you know, schedule locked out for it. It helps. But it's a habit that I've developed and if I can't work out in a day, it drives me mad. Most people don't have that. Most people will work out now because they've got nothing else to do. But then for you to Film it and then put it online and be like, guys, I've been doing this for so long. You guys should check out my home workout. It's like, no. No. Do people in prison come out and go, I'm going to – I mean, I'm sure there's been people that have done this but because people are scumbags. but People don't market prison workouts. They're not fun. They're not worth watching, and no one cares. No one cares. Watch American History X. You can find a good prison workout there. Uh, for me, just work out. Shut up. There's nothing worth showing. Like you're working out at home. There's what? What are you gonna what are you gonna show me that I haven't seen before? Other people that are other people that I've been noticing during this time are the fucking doom and gloom people don't go outside, they're, they're snitches. They're literal snitches, like they're the kids in high school. Uh, okay, here's a fun story. These are the type of people that I'm talking about. The type of people I'm talking about is in college, we had a party in our house. Now, the college I went to, we had security there. And securities, their real thing was just getting off by shutting down parties. Because if you take a security job in a college... You're looking for power somewhere in your life because you feel defeated um, everywhere else. So they're just sitting outside of houses waiting to break them, break up these parties. So we we're having a party at our hou- at our house, and the music that we had in our place, it big, big, uh, big house or big party, big house party, um, with my fraternity. We had speakers, and since our house was along the, along the, the colleges, the college's border of the street, um, the city heard. They heard the music, and so they called the cops, like the actual cops, to come and like tell us to shut the fuck up. I respect. I, re- I respect that. So they come. And the actual cops come. When the actual cops come. I can tell the security people to go fuck off because you have no power now. Because people with real authority, i.e., people with guns, came and told me to turn music down. However, I wish the exchange was that simple, right? And that's how it should be. A cop comes, they try to be nice, you oblige them by being respectful back and not giving them any issue, and just trying to work with them. It's a hard day for them, they don't wanna come break up parties. They're fucking cops in High Point, North Carolina. They've got bigger issues like domestic violence. I think that's a huge thing in High Point. Um, that being said, so they come, they knock on the door. Everyone's like hiding, turning down the music. Oh my God, cops are here. Uh, I answer the door. Cop says, hey, you got a noise complaint from the city. Uh, I know it's a Saturday night. You guys are just trying to party um, keep it down. I go, you got it? Absolutely. We'll turn it down for you, officer. Thank you so much. Have a good night. As I flip off the security guards, not really, just, you get it. Like, they tell me I can continue doing this as long as I turn the music down. That's what I hear. They don't verbally say that because they can't be any more clear. They can't tell you to continue partying and drinking illegally because there's guaranteed a bunch of people underage in there. Um, Maybe. Um, and it's a college party. They can't tell you, you guys keep drinking, you guys keep serving the alcohol and partying your life away in there. No, they can't say that. But what they can say is, just turn down the music, and we'll be okay. And as soon as people with actual authority tell you everything's going to be okay, as long as you comply with their request, you say okay. I'll reply or reply with, or with I will. um, I'll respect your request. Now, this is the people that I'm talking about: the snitches, the the fucking goody two shoes could do anything and help everybody out. Someone from my fraternity, your house, came up to the cop and said, "Does that mean we have to turn off the or does that mean we have to shut this party down?" I I didn't say anything. I just was like, have a good night, officer. The door went closed. I looked at him and I said, what the fuck are you doing? Hey, hey, be better. Be fucking aware. Have some common sense. Be, you just told a guy that didn't go to college, you just proved to him that he's smarter than you. And you're here for what? I don't know if he went to college or not, but he's a cop, so I assume he didn't go to college. Um, Just kidding. Cops are fucking cool, too. But you just proved to a guy that you don't deserve to be in fucking school if you can't read normal, just human social interaction. But you're going to be the goody-two-shoes that's like, oh, do I have to shut this party down? What? What? (sighs) Just the worst, right? So... Another type of person is that. Those people that are like, well, they said that we can't be outside, so don't be outside. And then they make it your – they try to make their problem your problem by then getting on a moral high horse and saying, well, this is what the government wants. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Who are you? Who the fuck are you? You're no one. You're just another person trying to be a knight in shining armor. We don't need any of those. What we need is for people to mind their own fucking business, right? And make sure everyone's okay. It's not about getting people anymore. If you're out there trying to get people, like it's enough it's enough for everybody. It, we have enough shit going on. We don't need anymore. Right. So it's those people too, right? Then um shout out to the people that are keeping us safe and um going out there and using this quarantine to, um, help out and those that are in the hospitals, first responders, essential jobs. Thank you so much for being out there and doing your work to make sure everyone, um, who is inflicted with this virus or who is, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, shout out to all those guys and girls on the front line making sure everyone's okay making sure everyone afflicted with the disease is getting the treatment and everyone that feels like they're sick they're at least informing them like who I, I posted if you guys didn't see I posted that that um that information that I talked about yesterday I posted it on my Facebook I shared it and so shout out to those people former or current ER nurses, doctors, whoever's giving us information for whoever's out there giving us the correct information, whoever's out there trying to keep us safe and, um, whatever the case may be, uh, just tell everyone not to worry if they are worrying. Um, yeah, because it, it, there is certain things to, to get worried about, but, there's no point in worrying about it. It is what it is, in the words of Max Holloway. It is what it is. There's only so much you can do. You can't change life if... if Like, this is stuff that you don't have control over. And to get anxious and to get worried about whatever might happen. You know, I think it's one of those things because we usually... We usually have our life planned out. We're always, oh, I'm excited for this next event. And that event's in two weeks. I just have to get through these two weeks. And then you kind of just make those two weeks the same day every day so that way it goes by quicker. Or you take a lot of Xanax and that two weeks is like three hours. Um, But either way, (laughs) either way, those those are things that we set our days up and our months up where we always have this next plan. But now we're living day to day. We don't have a secure future. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen in two weeks from now. We don't know what's going to happen in a month from now. And that insecurity and uncertainty is, is, uh, is really coming to the surface on a lot of people. They don't have the ability to plan for something and then they get distracted by watching a Netflix show one episode every day. Now they're binging all their Netflix shows in one day, and they're going, I don't have anything else to do. I'm so scared. Oh, my God. I love is blind is over. And they're sitting at home, and they're worried about what next to watch, and they don't have anything else to talk about in their brain because their brain was always, was always distracted by what's going on at work. And, yes, there are people at home that are doing work. And, yes, you're probably getting distracted by having to homeschool your kids. Or if you don't have kids, um, you – yeah, you. Uh, if you don't have kids, you, you're you at home with maybe a loved one or maybe a dog. If you're single out there and, you're, and you don't have anyone to talk to – Um. I mean, make sure to call up your family if you got family. There's people that do have family, you guys got to keep yourself entertained. So I'm throwing content out at you every day. I live alone, that's why I do this, so that way I can get my thoughts out and talk to you. I don't really care who listens. I don't really care who. I don't care who hears this, and then if they get offended or whatever, like I don't give a fuck. It's not my problem. Um, I'm doing this for my own mental health and being able to talk about what's going on in the world and give everyone an idea of how I'm how I'm surviving through this being I mean luckily for me I've got a dog and I've got a girlfriend who comes over every so often uh keeps me un- entertained and we keep each other entertained by having good conversations, watching movies, all the fun stuff um that you can do But those that are at home and they don't have those things and you're starting to talk to yourself and you're starting to feel kind of crazy and weird, go outside, take a walk, get some vitamin D. Have a conversation with yourself. It's okay. Really? People are going to start fucking calling you crazy now? Now is the time to start fucking talking shit about people and um, calling crazy? Just do whatever makes you feel good. Here's a perfect example, right? Here's a perfect thing. You have a roof over your head. you ate today. Um, you wish well for other you have you have clean I'm going to list the ones that I really think the other ones are kind of just make you feel good. Um, you have a roof over your head. you ate today. you have clean water, you have clean clothes, and you're breathing. The last one number ten is all you need. That's all you need, right, is just to wake up and breathe. The rest of it's pretty easy, especially now. And when I mean pretty, I mean fucking easy, especially here. Especially here. Have you, have you all seen India? India's being hit with extreme curfews, and they're going around beating people to get back inside. Hey. Going back to those people that are sitting here trying to – I just saw something that this guy went to maternity ward, and he had a coronavirus because he was trying to – he hit his symptoms so he could go watch the birth of his child. And I have some people going, throw him in jail. Hey, bro. What? He wanted to go see the birth of his child. I can understand that someone – obviously, it's not the best thing in the world, right? Definitely don't do that. But to sit there and still have the mentality of throw him in jail? We still have it too good even even in a time like this. We still have it too fucking good. The fucking downside to this, to this pandemic is not enough people are going to get this. And not enough people are going to be affected by this. There will be a lot of people affected by this, but not enough to where people are going to be able to change their mentality and what people are going to and what change their mentality, change their view on the world. Nothing, this isn't going to be that thing that gets us all together. 9/11, there was an intimate intimate threat, um, physical threat too. You could see it. Like blew up buildings. You could see the devastation. This coronavirus is kind of weird because they're not really showing us everything, and the stuff that they are showing us is kind of odd. Like why why the the numbers of Spain having more deaths than China now? It's like there's a bunch of stuff that's weird. This is also a big thing. Um, people are destroying telecom towers because they think it's 5G. Like, there's all this weird stuff. I mean, there was, I guess, Tower 7, and thinking that World War or that 9 11 was a false flag or whatever. Yeah, I guess there's, there's always that. But this coronavirus, you can't really see the deaths. Like, it, it's not going to impact a lot of people in a way where 9 11 was impactful. And I think just in that, you're not you're not going to get the same camaraderie. You're not going to get that same togetherness. You're going to get people inside waiting for this thing to be over to get back to their fucking normal lives, and they're going to treat everybody the same way. The selfishness that you see isn't going to change, and it's only going to get worse. It's always blame this, blame this person. It's never... Minding your own business, just making sure everyone's okay. I personally don't understand why that's not a more common thing. That's all I feel like I can do is just to relax and wait for this thing to subside. It eventually will. It has. South Korea, obviously, some cases came back, but they seem pretty okay. Some people are going back to work. So there's a bunch of things that... um. There's a bunch of things that uh, that you can stay positive about as far as watching other cultures or other countries deal with it and have success. Some don't, or, or lying about them, whatever. But at least you're seeing some success, so there's a way to stay positive about this. Eventually, things will go back together, or go back to the way they were. Maybe not the way completely that they were, but back to us doing living normal lives, going outside, not having to be locked up. Hopefully you guys have found that uh, a passion, hobby, or something. It's not Netflix shows. Other people that you see during this. Um, conspiracy theorists, of course. People that post stuff that, you know, don't have any, like, scientific backing to it. Um, some people that post stuff that they see see going around life, um, I don't know. I'm not seeing enough people cook things. I'm seeing the same people cook things because they're having time to now cook like better things. Um, but I haven't seen people really get into the art of cooking, to be honest. Maybe I need better people to follow. But not as many people turn into cook. I, I, I'm surprised more people turn into fitness gurus than they did cooks some of you need to work on what the fuck you're eating first before you can tell me how to do a push up some of y'all need to stop shoving Doritos in your mouths start focusing on that and then maybe we can start talking about your form and some of y'all never ever yeah, some of y'all never worked out hard enough and that's something I'm seeing too that's okay. Just don't. What I'm going to leave everyone with this is. Another reason why I don't think this pandemic has hit enough people to make it serious enough is because people are out there still making their problems other people's problems. Stop. Stop making other people's problems, or stop making your problems other people's problems. Stop yelling at random people. Stop taking your racism and directing it towards uh, Asian people. Stop getting angry that people aren't following the rules to a T. Stop sitting there and trying, yeah, stop uh, doing crazy things. Stop freaking out. I wish it was instant death. I wish that was what this was. So that way all those people that are, you know, they're, They're going crazy about this. Take your daily vitamins, eat healthy, work out, go outside, get some vitamin D from the sun, get some vitamin C from whatever, multivitamin. Do what you do normally. If you're getting sick throughout the year, this coronavirus is the last of your fucking problems. If you get sick all the time, if you're one of those people that's like, oh, I'm always sick, I always have this, I always have that, Oh, that's you. That's you. You need to fix whatever's going on in that stomach of yours. It means you need to eat better. You need to get better sleep. You need to... The stress itself is enough to fucking kill somebody. When someone says that you can get... You can stress your way into sickness. It's easy. It's easy. Worry about this. Worry about it all day, every day. Um... Don't make other people your don't make other people's problems your problems. If you have bad news, and I'm not talking about like news that people should know, I'm just talking about like generically bad news. Don't share it. If you don't think it's from a if you don't think it's from a legitimate news source and you're gonna sit there just to put like, oh my god, this many people died, this is crazy. Don't put it. We don't need to see it. If you've got nothing useful to say, shut the fuck up. They should take down social media for this time. I think that would be great. I think it would be awesome if they could just shut social media down. That's it. Uh, the the idea that there's people out there who still want to live on this moral high horse. Like, we have enough things going on. Why do you have to be right all the time? Why? Why? Who cares? Your moral high horse doesn't mean shit anymore when your horse gets sick and dies from coronavirus. The people of the quarantine. People of the... Hello, children of the corn. That's what our science teacher used to say to us whenever we go inside. Also pretty sure how that dude shipped his wife in a footlocker all the way from some Asian country. Um, he would always greet us with, hello, children of the corn. Real weirdo. You guys are people of the quarantine. <laughs> the fucking worst. People of the quarantine. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed my rant of you people. All of you. Just kidding. My fans are great. I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for always downloading and listening. You guys have been awesome. And... Uh, I enjoy putting those podcasts out for whoever listens to this because I need to get it out some way. And me ranting and raving in my apartment, at least when someone comes to my door, knocks on, and goes, "Hey, can you shut the fuck up?" I can show you, I can show them this, and they can be like, "Oh, he's working." Yeah, motherfuckers, I'm working. Get on my face, I'm working here, so I can rant and rave. Other than that, if you guys need any more info go to sunscrapnation.com. We have some training videos on there that are worth watching. If you guys have any questions about leg entanglements and guillotine um, sweeps and techniques, definitely check that out. Go to Sunscrap Nation on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for some... If you want to connect with me, if you want to ask me questions, I'll answer them. Uh, yeah, at this time, if you guys have any questions or if you guys want me to talk about anything... Um, Bring it up, send me messages, send me emails, SouthernScrapNation.com, SouthernScrapNation on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and Twitter. And if you guys want to listen to daily episodes and download them, write a review, please, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, go to all those places. Download them, listen. Thank you so much. I've been your host as always, Daniel Jonas, and until tomorrow, be safe.